Hi, and welcome back to the AGD podcast. I'm Dr. Wes Blakesley, and I'll be your host today. Great leaders, business owners, and practice managers have been training for this very moment in time. Soon we'll reopen to an entirely different world than the one we left just a few months ago. Practices that emerge victorious will be those with great leadership at the helm. And it starts right now. Catherine Itell Belt, Dentistry's unscripted communications expert, will share three things your team needs from you right now, as well as the first three things you should do when you reopen to slingshot your practice into a bright new future. Catherine, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Wes, for having me back today. Well, this is our third time, so it's a charm. Uh, but just real brief, just give our listeners a little kind of a snapshot of, of your business and what you offer uh, to our members. Sure. Uh, I, I grew up in dentistry, uh, was a chairside dental assistant and practice administrator for many years. Eventually, I became a practice management consultant and did that for almost 25 years. Um, but about four, almost five years ago now, uh, we, I decided to narrow my focus to communication skills training only and rebranded the company, which is now called Lion Speak. And uh, we focused uh, solely on communications coaching. We do it with in two different sectors or two different lanes, we like to call it. One is patient facing, which we've done some podcasts in the past on uh, things like telephone skills, financial conversations, treatment presentation, those kind of patient-facing communications. And then our second lane, which is the one we're going to be in today, is team-facing communication. So how does an owner, a leader, communicate with their team very effectively? How does a manager, uh, sort of in the middle between the owner and the team, how do they navigate both up and down the chain <clears throat> Excuse me, with their communications? And how, and even team to team, team member to team member, how do they resolve issues um, with respect and with, um, you know, success? And how do they navigate all that? So um, we're, we're having a ball right now with um, folk focused on this smaller niche and really, um, helping teams in a big way, I think, to improve their ability to communicate, which is what everything rests on, right? Everything rests on our ability to communicate with patients and one another. Yeah, I agree there. That's our cornerstone. Uh, so anyway, leadership has always been important. Uh, but now we have a COVID crisis uh, that we're living through. Uh, how has this changed the way we uh, really should look at leadership? Well, People who've been working on their leadership skills uh, over the past years, I, I've been saying this, this is the year we were training for. You know, when, when you work on your leadership capabilities, and that certainly includes how you communicate at a, I mean, that's the majority of it. Um, you're, it's easy to do that when things are going well. Um, and when you're having great success already, it's a little tougher when things aren't. And that's, those are the moments where leadership matters the most. And certainly that's where we find ourselves right now. Our teams and our patients and our families and our communities, and maybe I might be so bold as to say our world, is hungry for great leadership. And 
how we communicate reveals the strength of our leadership capability. Um, you could have the thoughts, you could make the decision, you could have the integrity that's required for great leadership, but if you can't communicate it, then, then it, makes no, it makes very little difference. So, um, so I think the way that the COVID crisis has changed is it's, it's, it's made this mandatory. It's no longer optional to be a great leader. The teams that are in the practices that are going to be thriving in 2021, post-COVID are the ones, I believe, that have had great leadership at the helm. I agree. Catherine, I'm just curious, how would you describe effective leadership in your own words? Hmm. Um, I think great leadership communication requires two things. It requires, and it's actually pretty simple, really. The first thing it requires is clarity. So in other words, great leaders know how to get themselves clear about what needs to happen and where we're going, where we're going and what, and what steps are needed to get there. They get clear. And then they know how to communicate that clarity to their team or to whoever is looking to them for, for leadership and for guidance. So what I've seen often, and I have fallen into the trap myself, is overcomplicating the message. If you were communicating with a school-age child or your neighbor or a team member or a patient, you would not want that person to walk away from your conversation confused because the confused mind, we've heard this before, says no it, or takes no action. The confused mind does not move forward. And so clarity is king. And uh, I think that is a huge trait for a leader. The second um, trait that is needed is the ability to inspire. So I have met leaders that had no trouble communicating clarity. As a matter of fact, it was so direct I, 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 didn't, I did not misunderstand what they were asking of me or what they were guiding me toward, but I didn't walk away from the communication inspired to do it. I've also been in contact with leaders that inspired me. I've gone to uh, many conferences and listened to leaders uh, speak about subjects that I, I felt so motivated and so... Uh, passionate uh, about about it afterwards, but I didn't know the next step to take. So actually, we could have one without the other. The best leaders have both. The best leaders know how to create clarity and deliver it in an inspirational way that people want to take a step toward that clarity. And I think that defines, uh, really simply defines great leadership. I agree. Uh... You know who inspires me and has great clarity in dentistry? Who? Gordon Christensen. He's the first one that came yeah. to mind. Dr. Yeah. Gordon Christensen has been around a long time, and he is, uh, has clarity of, of speech in mind, and he's very, he inspires everyone, all my, mm -hmm. my friends and, and, and my team. So he's, uh, he just popped in my head, so I want to mention that. Excellent uh, example. Catherine, what? Excellent example. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, 
Catherine, what can we do to not only create, but to actually maintain the mindset of a great leader? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because the the mindset of a leader is where the skill set you know that that's what you launch the skill set from so i'm uh i believe that we communicate what we believe to be true whether we think we do or not and it matters in an enormous way in leadership so you've heard statements like uh, leadership is an inside out job or uh, the first person you have to lead is yourself. You've heard lots and lots of versions of that idea. And it's true. If you cannot lead yourself, it, it, so here's a great example. If you cannot wake up on a day where the news on the television is bad, the forecasts are bad, the, um, all the evidence in front of you looks bad, and you cannot you, you do not have the skills practiced. You don't have the, the muscle built to create your own future, to, to be able to bring yourself into a place of hope and optimism and action. If you don't know how to do that for yourself, you will be very hard pressed to hit, to show up at your office for your morning meeting and move your team to action, move your team to uh, into a positive, optimistic space where they can create greatness. And so it is true that we must get our own mindset um, tuned before we can help anyone else. And I'll give you directly to your question something, a couple of things to think about. I think there are three ways to shift into an incredible leadership mindset. And this is not just for people who own businesses. This is for anybody. If you're leading a family, if you're leading um, a church group, if, you're, if, if you live on a cul-de-sac in your subdivision, you are a leader of a group of people or you have the opportunity to do that, let's say. And if you want to do it better, then uh, there are three things that you shift your, to get your mindset shifted first. One is, all great leaders take responsibility for the results that they're getting. All leaders do that, good leaders. They do not blame other people. They do not blame other circumstances. There will be people left in this, out of this COVID crisis that will thrive. And many people who don't understand great leadership will call them lucky, but they aren't lucky. They know how to manage these skills and how to establish this mindset. So the first thing is you take responsibility. You get out of the blame game. You're not a victim to anyone and you're not a victim to anything. Uh, the second thing you learn to do um, is to know and recognize that we are all operating on a set of beliefs. We all have a belief system, the people you're talking to as well as yourself. We, we all believe certain things are right or wrong, good or bad, possible, impossible. So when you recognize that, then really good leaders not only recognize that, that they're making decisions based on a set of beliefs, but they also recognize that that's not the only thing they could believe, and they get really good at internally poking holes in the beliefs they hold. Now, that's not to say they always come up with a different belief, but they're good at challenging their current belief. And what's good about that, what's really cool about that, is when you, get, when you, when you work the muscle, 
to say, okay, so this is what I believe about my office manager. This is what I believe about my patient base. This is what I believe about my whatever, fill in the blank. Is that the only thing I could believe about them? Is there anything else that they have shown me that could cause me to believe something else that we're, and what we're getting could be possible? Um, have I asked all the questions to really understand their point of view so that I can guide them to the place I need them to be? Um, is there anyone else in my industry who has had a similar situation but a different result? Who are they? How do I talk to them? How do I take them to lunch? You see, the idea is, this person is recognizing they believe certain things about this person. They're getting ready to have a courageous conversation and leadership conversation with them. They're testing their own beliefs. They're poking some holes, asking some really valuable questions. And it causes, what happens with that is you, you, you open up other possibilities and you have access to greater resources and greater ideas. So great leaders are good at that. And the third thing, the third way that they shift their mindset is they operate from something I've termed as the flow. The flow is really uh, just an analogy really, or a metaphor for an emotional platform. So in the flow, if you're in, in the flow, um, you're feeling good. Life is good. You, you're happy with the flow of money. You're happy with uh, your relationships. You're happy with your success, your house you live in, you know, in everything in your life. It's, it's working well. And in the flow, you feel good. Your feelings, literally your feelings, are that usually of um, you feel strong, you feel confident, you feel happy, you feel um, you know positive and optimistic. But I also hear adjectives like I feel creative, I feel um, brave and courageous, I feel generous. Um, so there's that. And then in the metaphor, there are muddy banks on the side of the river, on the side of the flow. And in the muddy banks, it's the reverse. It's we get in the mud and, and, and we're a little more stuck. And that's when life isn't working as well. And a lot of us coming out of this COVID crisis have been in the mud, understandably. And so life, life will throw you in the mud all the time, all the time. Um, and so they, but, but great leaders recognize um, where they are. And the way they recognize it is by how they feel. So in the mud, you feel the opposite. You feel a little pessimistic, worried maybe angry, um, certainly fearful. Um, it causes you to retreat. Um, and so good leaders know that they need to check their emotional platform before they do two things, before they have any important conversation and before they make any important decision. Because if you make an important decision or have an important conversation with a team member or a patient or a spouse, and you are in the mud where you're Emotional platform is one of fear and one of anger and one of frustration or whatever negative emotion. That conversation will be different and the decision that you make will be different than if first you recognized you were in the mud, you got yourself into the flow and you made your decision or then you had your conversation. And that recognition and that discipline to notice and shift before you speak and before you make a decision is huge for great leadership. So those would be the three ways people could change their mindset. That was such an elegant answer. I can't wait to listen to my own podcast and hear that again. <laughs> I probably need to listen to it myself. <laughs> I took some notes now, but it doesn't uh, do justice to your answer. That was, that was really very elegant for the lack of a better word. So, Catherine, my next oh, question you. is, 
uh, is, uh, is leadership just for the owners, you know, the, the doctor owner or the, uh, you know, season manager, or is it really uh, uh, just as important for everyone on the team to, uh, to be trained in leadership? Yeah, this is a great question, Wes, because um, I always say, well, uh, two things that bring me to this. Um, p- most of us did not learn these skills at home growing up. Now, there certainly are some exceptions, some lucky people that, you know, grew up with parents who demonstrated on a regular basis what leadership and what courageous conversations look like. But most of us didn't. And I always uh, tell the real quick story that, um, you know, I had a lot of friends growing up who, if they described their parents' education on this issue, uh, they grew up in a war zone where people fought, they didn't do it well, some were even you know, rather violent, it, you know, either whether that was verbally or physically. Um, and, and so their examples of how to manage uh, conflict and show leadership, uh, especially at crucial times like this, um, wasn't, wasn't very good. We would all agree that's not, that's not very healthy. I grew up uh, in what juxtaposed to that would seem like a perfect way. My parents, I literally never heard my parents have an argument. I never heard them have an argument. And so you would think it would be a great way to grow up, and it was, but it, it no better equipped me to know how to lead or have great conversations and, you know, productive conversations in my adult life than my friends who grew up in the war zone. I was no better equipped. I was launched out to college as a young woman with no skills and came home for my first holiday from college to the announcement that my parents were getting a divorce. So somebody was arguing with somebody somewhere, but it was hidden from me. So either end of the spectrum, most of us didn't get a good example. So if we didn't learn it at home, you have to ask the question, did we learn it somewhere else? Did we learn it at school? Well, I'm married to a recently retired fifth grade school teacher, and he would be the first one to tell you that when he heard this information in this lecture, he said to me one night at dinner, I wish my fifth graders would have to take a mandatory class in this because you know, of course, math and science and history is all important, but if they can't learn to do this in their life, it, all of that will not be useful to them. And he's right. So if you say, we didn't learn it at home, we didn't learn it at school, we've inherited this team of managers, assistants, hygienists, associate doctors, administrators, and we, I think the, the best way we can address this is to say, I'm not going to wish it was different. Or maybe I'm going to wish it was different, but I'm not going to be focused on what it should be because it isn't. I've inherited people who don't have this skill matured. And so I'm going to mature it in myself and I'm going to give them the coaching and the guidance so that they can develop the muscle. Wes, it is some of the best work we do at Lion Speak. And it's some of my favorite work because it helps people grow into the greatness that they've always had access to, but didn't know how to get to. These are the skills that get there. So I think we have to, as leaders, stop saying, well, it shouldn't be this way. They should take more responsibility. They should be more mature in their conversations. I think if we accept, we have inherited communicatively and in terms of leadership skills, some very immature workers and it's not their fault 
I think if we just say it is, this is what is, how do I address what is in a really efficient and effective way? And it can be huge for a practice. It can catapult them forward when they get a handle on this. A lot of truth in that answer. <laughs> uh, I, could, I, could, I could go off with you on that for about a half an hour. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm enjoying this too much. I have to get back on, back on track here. Uh, you, know, you know and I know that right now uh, many teams are completely disjointed. Uh, some of the folks have been laid off. My team has been laid off, uh, furloughed. Uh, some will come back. Others will not. Uh, with teams being so fragmented, for lack of a better word, should uh, should the leader wait until they return to work to to address their team or or not? What's your advice on that? Yeah, well, uh, many are probably already back to work by now. Uh, if 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 not, um, I would say don't wait. Um, and, and my advice when we were all laid off was communicate, 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 communicate with your team. Communicate with your team. Um, you, you almost couldn't over-communicate with your team. Um, a minimum of once a week, we should have uh, been having, an, and if you're still in that situation, you should be um, scheduling a virtual meeting with your team at least once a week to say, I know you're furloughed. I know, you know, here, here is what we're working on. Here is the plan to get back. Here's what your team wants to know from you. They want to know you care about them and you have empathy for their situation. You don't have to solve their situation, but you do have to, have empathy for them um, and the ability to listen and understand. The second thing they want from you is to know you have a plan. You have a plan going forward. And yes, that plan is going to change. Yes, as this whole thing from COVID uh, unfolds, we don't know how fast, how slow. We don't know how quickly the economy is going to bounce back. We don't know a lot of things. But what we do know is without a plan to start with, we, we don't have anything to adjust. So people need clarity and they need inspiration. That's all they need from you, and they need to know you care. And so I think if we, if we make that, and, and I think after you do get back as a team, you should, I think you should do a couple things. I think you should have what we call, or let me say, we have, in the past we have called a, cal a team calibration retreat. We're now calling them a recalibration retreat. Because even if you had the calibration retreat at the beginning of the year, which is what we recommend for our clients, and, and we facilitate a lot of those for our clients around the country. But even if they had it in January or February, it, you, you almost have to have a shorter version to recalibrate because that vision and those marching orders and those visions and values and things that we recalibrated to in the beginning of the year, have some of that has shifted. And the team just needs to know what has shifted. You cannot assume that they know. You cannot assume that they know what the new business plan is for the new business. Because literally, we are reinventing ourselves. We're reinventing ourselves. LionSpeak is. And, uh, you know, all of my, prior to this, most of my work was on the road. Well, it's not on the road now. You know, that's, that's I mean, it may come back to that. But right now, it is not. And so we've had to come back together retool our business plan, and I've had to make sure that my team knows what's changed and what hasn't. My values haven't changed, but my focus has, and that's my job as a leader to make sure that they, that they know that. So we're telling teams, come back with at least a half day, maybe three hours. Uh, we're offering a virtual um, facilitation package, so we're not going to get on a plane and fly there for a three-hour facilitation, but we can come in virtually on a Zoom 
call or a Skype call, we can come in virtually and help facilitate that team retreat to recalibrate everybody to the new plan. Uh, then we're recommending that you have a communications plan in place, a meeting every week that is saying, okay, how was this week? What adjustments do we need to make? Because this thing is just going to unfold live before us. Uh, we're going to get to work. We're going to have a day. We're going to think we've set it all up. And at the end of that day, we're going to say, well, that didn't go very well. What, what adjustments do we need to make? So having a communication um, system so that there's a, always a place that we come together to solve. And there's some rules around that. There's some, there's some guiding principles that say, when we come together, even after a very frustrating hard week, here are the rules. Here are our, here are our ground rules. Um, we're going to communicate positively. We're going to be part of the solution. We're going to look for the solutions. We're going to create ideas. Um, we're going to know that challenges are just hidden opportunities. That's all they are. And uh, we're going to treat each other with respect and we're going to, we're going to get to, you know, to the bottom of the changes needed. So having that in place and having that structure is super important. I agree. Well, Catherine, I want to end the podcast today with, I think, is a very important question. And that is, uh, you mentioned three things our team members need from their leaders and their managers right now. What are those and why are they important? Well, yeah, they need to know we care. They need to know there's a plan and they need to see examples of great leadership. Um, it's more important than ever that that happens right now. Uh, and it can. It can. This is our moment to shine. Uh, we don't have to, uh, great leaders are not great leaders because they have all the answers. That's not why they, we, see, we see them as great leaders. We see most people that we would, we would give the check mark to, that person is a great leader in my life. Um, we give them the check mark because they know how to make us feel that they care about our success as much as their success, number one. Number two, we believe they can see forward in a way that we trust. And we align with their values and we trust that they have a plan and we feel secure in following them. And so we do our best for them. If you want to develop a team like that, you have to be the demonstration of it. And so I think getting your house in order, working on those, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with leaders. We do a lot of coaching with teams and we've seen how quickly uh, great, great leaders can step in. I mean, a good example was recently we had a coach, the leader, who basically stood up and it, it, it almost brought me to tears and it's not my practice, but, but he stood up and said, you know what guys, it, it has occurred to me during this crisis that I have not been a very good leader or not the leader I wanted to be or aspired to be. And I did a lot of hard looking at um, how I've been communicating, how I've been managing and leading. And I have made a commitment that starting today, I am stepping into a whole new level of leadership. I'm going, I'm getting some coaching. I'm working on this actively. And I, my intention is to become better for you, better for me, better for our patients in terms of my leadership. So I just want to say, I'm sorry for uh, missteps in the past. And I'm committed to becoming the best leader I can be. And I'm going to need your help. Um, and his whole team, you could just feel that team lean in and say, we've got you and awesome and let's go. And so sometimes that vulnerability, that ability to say, you know what, I don't know if I've done this really well in the past, but, but starting today, 
I'm going to take on a whole new commitment to becoming a better leader for you and for myself. And so when, what that does is it sets an example. It, you know, Wes, most people would say, and I, I bet you'll agree with this, that as a business owner, if, we, if someone said, you can have a team with these qualities, they're self-starters, they take responsibility for their actions, they're totally accountable for themselves, they are problem solvers and critical thinkers. And, and, and would you like that team? Most of us would raise our hand immediately and say, that's the team I've been dreaming of. Self-starters, problem solvers, they're accountable for their actions, and they're, they're great individual leaders. We would raise our hand for that. So if that's what we want, we have to demonstrate it. And that dentist standing up and saying those words said, I'm taking responsibility for my actions and my outcomes. I am I am absolutely accountable for them myself, and I'm going to problem solve this. I am going to take some action, and we're going to move forward. And that is the way to demonstrate great leadership to your team. It's so authentic. I love that. That's a great, a great taking a great stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Catherine, this is wonderful. I could go another half an hour. <laughs> I wish we could. It's my favorite subject too. And I'd love to say, Wes, that uh, that I I want to make sure your audience knows I don't I don't do this well all the time myself. I'm in the soup with everybody else, learning as I go, feeling my way in the dark. But these are just some things that have been helpful to me with my own team and in my own life. And so I'm just I'm just happy to share what I've learned and just know I'm I'm right there with you, learning uh, and growing and not and not doing it perfect all the time for sure. Well, you have a great message, and uh, you're very inspiring. And uh, I really thank you for being back on the podcast now for a third time. Only one other guest has been on three times, and that was my uh, my mentor, oh. the late Dr. Carl Misch, who was my mm. greatest inspiration uh, in dentistry ever. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm so happy that you're here. And uh, any closing remarks before we are done? Well, uh, like I said, I think this is our moment. This is our moment to step into the leadership we've been working toward all along. This is a muscle that you just, it's just like building any physical muscle in your body. You just have to daily, work on it daily. It's not that hard, um, but it does require just a daily commitment to working on this muscle. Um, I'd love to um, offer a couple of things for um, complimentary to your listeners. One is um, we've developed some answers to some patient questions we know will be um, important during uh, the recovery after COVID. Uh, We have identified 13, we're adding to it all the time, so the number might be bigger by the time they listen to the podcast, but right now 13 patient questions we know your team will need to cope with and deal with, so we've got some answers for that. Uh, And then also, um, we have a list of, we call them powerful questions. Uh, and powerful answers, and they're, they're internal questions that you can ask or external with your team to really build that leadership mindset, so we're happy to share those as well, and also, um, we have a one-page, we, for lack of a better word, we'll call it a business plan, but it's a way, it's not a business plan you take to a bank, it's just a one-page document that a, an owner can fill out that can guide the conversations at a calibration retreat, um, where we're going, what our values are, um, what, the, what the next you know, 30, 60, 90 days need to look like, what's our end of the year metric that we're shooting for, um, what, and then what are the marching orders for each of our departments. 
um, that one page, we have to make it simple for our teams to wrap their arms around where we're going. So if that's of, of value or would be helpful to your um, re, uh, listenership, then I would be happy to share that. It's a, just a kind of a fill it out yourself uh, document. And, um, and then of course, if anyone's interested in virtual facilitation or in-person facilitation, uh, around this or any kind of leadership coaching, just reach out to us at lionspeak.net. Uh, the, the email is info at lionspeak.net or they can call us at 800-595-7060. Um, also, I'll just add that we have a Monday morning stretch that I've been writing for, I think you're a subscriber, Wes. I've been writing it for over 10 years, every Monday morning. And it's free, you can sign up on the website. Um, and uh, I just talk every week about what I'm learning, the conversations I'm having, uh, some of the inspiration I've been getting. I just pass it along. And uh, we have thousands of people uh, in that conversation on the blog. So uh, come join us if you're interested in learning and developing these skills. That's a great place to get some good information. So we'd love to have them subscribe. Catherine, again, on behalf of the AGD, thank you so much for sharing your insights and expertise. And uh, We'll have to look forward to podcast number four. I would uh, be honored. Just be honored. I love my time with you and with the AGD. So thank you for including me. Thanks, Catherine. Take care. You too.